Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hello and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. The intention of this podcast is to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I'm 42 and expecting baby number two, while my son, Alexandre, is one and a half years old. Today on Parent Talk, we are talking about concussion and how to manage them before and after. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hey everyone, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and my son Hudson is also a year and a half. Hi everyone, I'm Julie Paul. I'm a pediatric physiotherapist at Kids Physio Group and I'm here to talk about concussions. Well, thank you ladies for being here. So Julie, what is a concussion? A concussion is basically an acceleration, deceleration injury of the brain. So the cells of the brain get damaged and then there's basically an energy crisis happening. Um, with that comes different symptoms like headaches, dizziness, blurred vision, different parts of the body get affected in terms of balancing and getting your vision disrupted. And so um, we try to educate on noticing when that's happened and being able to know what to do afterwards. Is it something we can prevent with helmets? No. See, helmets will prevent the or help to reduce the risk of getting a skull fracture because they're protecting the skull itself. But the concussion happens from a direct or an indirect injury. So someone can hit you head to head or kick you in the head, um, causing the neurons or the brain cells to get affected. And that shearing can't be helped from the outside. So you mean that basically you have a helmet, but if you're going to have an injury, if you fall on your head, you might still have a concussion, but the helmet will prevent your skull fracture. Yeah, maybe from hitting through like a glass or something. And it's also true that you can get a concussion without actually physically hitting your head, correct? Exactly. So that's the indirect injury. So that would be, you know, falling on your tailbone, getting the wind knocked out of you can sometimes cause a concussion. You know, hitting your shoulder really hard into the boards, playing hockey, that can sometimes um, result in a concussion as well. And then it can at times also be accompanied by whiplash. So, you know, injuries um, to the neck, uh, bones or muscles or ligaments. So how do you know if our child has a concussion? So basically, um, after there's a hit of some kind, whether direct or indirect, um, we want to make sure we're monitoring what happened And then how the child's feeling afterwards. Are they having symptoms of headaches? Are they feeling a little bit off? Do their eyes look different? Are they sort of zoned out? Usually you can tell from how the impact looked if it was severe enough to cause a concussion. Sometimes you can't, but um, we try to educate kids on noticing those symptoms, noticing their bodies feeling different afterwards, because that's when we want to, first thing is ruling out more serious injuries. And then from there not going back into the same sport. The risk would be getting a second injury in the same game or the same activity they're doing. And the second injury, you know, within the same evening could cause more severe and even fatal consequences. It's called second impact syndrome. That's the biggest thing that we want uh, children to avoid. So in case of doubt, 
just don't take go them back. out. Exactly. That's it. Just for that game, at least, you know, worst case, they're missing the rest of that game. But if they stay, they could get hurt much more seriously and potentially not play their sport again. So do kids have to stop playing contact sport forever after they have a concussion or head injury? Great question. Um, no. So what happens is there's a the injury that happens and there's an energy crisis. There's a deficit in how much energy the brain is able to um, have access to. And so the energy drops for a period of three to five days. And then those are when the symptoms start to feel better, usually, um, and more mild concussions. And then the brain starts to repair, everything starts to improve. But that process takes up to 30 days, sometimes longer. But typically around 30 days, you see the kids are, their symptoms are much better. And any of the minor deficits that you would see in terms of processing speed or, um, you know, being able to multitask, things like that, those, um, as well as other testing we would do, would be improved. And then if a new injury were to happen, um, a subsequent concussion, it would be defined as a new injury if they got to the point of, of fully recovering with no other issues, no other injuries during that vulnerable period. Hmm. So what do you do afterwards if there's a, a medical emergency? Let's say they need to go to the hospital. So our idea and our goal would be that at any sporting event, there would be someone trained to do the kind of first check, the emergency sideline assessment and determine, okay, this kid got hit. Is there um, an emergency in terms of the spine? So the neck being um, affected or the brain, right? Is there a skull fracture? Is there something, some damage that happened to the brain that there's causing swelling and causing neurological symptoms? So those red flag symptoms are if you look on Complete Concussion Management, the website, completeconcussions.com, they have um, a list of those red flags, and those are what trained professionals would look at. At a sideline assessment, usually coaches take that training to be able to determine, okay, check the pupils, check their orientation, determine if it's an emergency. Um, most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, the kids are fine in terms of, yes, they have symptoms, but they're not, uh, their life isn't in danger. But typically, especially based on the recommendations from the research, is to keep the ch checking on the child, making sure that their symptoms aren't deteriorating um, every three hours. So you wouldn't let them go to sleep for the first three to four hours, and then you'd wake them up every two to three hours throughout the first night just to make sure nothing starts to decline and there's no swelling in the brain. Um, and then from there, they would ideally see a therapist at a complete concussion management certified clinic, um, which we are at Kids Physio, and then start the process of their recovery. Mm -hmm. How can physio can help uh, rehabilitate after a concussion? So, I mean, we would start at the first assessment, also checking some of those neurological signs, right? I mean, we, they've already, you know, we hope been ruled out of the more dangerous issues, but we check those and screen them um, as well at the initial visit. And we'll do a lot of education, how to manage their symptoms, um, recommendations for diet based on a nutritionist plan through complete concussion management. Um, I'll call it CCM from now on. And then as well, just giving them some recommendations for sleep hygiene, range of motion for the neck, and just make sure they know how to start rehabilitating the different bodily systems that can be affected. Um, so we'd be looking at vision, balance, their neck, coordination, 
um, and also just monitoring those symptoms of the, of the headache as well as the inner ear, so the vestibular system. Sometimes you hear about little babies falling off the counter or are you guys geared or able to actually treat, let's say, zero to one-year-old? What do you do if you think your baby has a concussion? Um, well, if you think your baby has a concussion, I mean, you, you definitely still want to look at those red flag signs. Obviously, it's harder to ask your baby, do you know where you are? What time of day it is at that age? But um, looking for if there's any differences between their pupils and there's training you can get towards that in terms of that sideline assessment. But if you do have any concerns where your baby's not acting the same or you think that there's some symptoms that don't uh, look typical, I would bring them to your doctor. Um, mm. That would be the best, yeah. Right away, right? Don't drop them again. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else parents should know? Um, well, so not only is it important to make sure that that um, you're assessing the child when you think they have a concussion and not putting them back in the same game, taking them to a physiotherapist afterwards to go through the recovery process, but you can actually get an assessment done on your children before they even have a concussion um, or after they've recovered fully from their most recent one. And it's called a baseline concussion test. So that would actually kind of give you a screenshot of where they are now when they're healthy, getting their reaction time, how quickly they can read something and process it in their brain and say it out loud, memory, recall, so, so delayed memory, as well as um, balance and other factors as well, strength. So if you get that in advance, then if your child was to suffer a concussion, we would know they had one based on the symptoms in the presentation. But when we think they're better, we put them through a series of tests through the CCM protocol. And then we're like, okay, they're better. We're going to send them back to their sport. Then we would do a baseline again, and we could compare them with their previous scores. So if there's more areas that are difficult to assess or smaller areas in terms of processing speed or reaction time. Those are things that you can't see with your eyes accurately. So it would be a more accurate determination of if they're actually better. For something like this, is it something you have to re, uh, redo that baseline as the children grows? Because, you know, a five-year-old will not react the same way as a seven-year-old. And I don't Correct. know. What... Yeah, we do recommend it annually. Um, even someone's balance could improve when they've been playing a lot of hockey or mm -hmm. doing a lot of gymnastics or something, right? So it would definitely be good to do it every year. If my son chooses to do some impact sport and I'm worried about possible future concussion, right? So I can go there, get the baseline test. So if it ever happens, then I can use it in the process of recovery. Exactly, right? yes. Okay. And then you also have access to CCM's um, database in terms of any CCM clinic you would need to go to, just say you're out of town and your child suffered a concussion, they would have the baseline information if you needed it, if you moved or something like that as well. And then also there's there's different app with things within the app that are available to you, like a nutrition plan, recovery strategies, um, and you'd get all of that access when you get a baseline. So why you're talking about nutrition too mm -hmm. here? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a physiotherapist, so technically I can go by the Canon Food Guide and that's about it. But um, CCM has a nutritionist who recommended brain-specific recovery diet, basically, to focus on what research has proven helps in terms of the micronutrients needed to help the brain recover better. Yeah. And there's also... Um, 
you know, a health clinic on the North Shore called Restoration Health Clinic. Um, and they also have, have a concussion supplement and other things as well to make recommendations to help kids get better. Sometimes that does nutrition plays a huge role in things that the brain needs a little bit extra, a little bit of a boost with. Wow. I didn't know about this. Did you know about this, Heather? A little bit, yes. A little bit. Because yes. I never had a concussion <laughs> myself, but I'm aware that you had one from a car accident, Heather. Do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah. So about two and a half years ago, I was in a car accident and I hit my head on the door frame. And uh, initially, I didn't realize that I had a concussion. I knew I hit my head because that's all I kept repeating after the car accident. But when I took, I got to, that was in the evening. And so I went to the clinic the next day and the doctor determined I had whiplash, soft tissue injuries in my neck and back. And um, I talked about hitting my head and he kind of looked at it and he's like, yeah, I can see a small bruise, but you know, watch out for different symptoms and come back if you see any of these symptoms. Other than that, you know, go to physio for your neck and back. And that was about it. So over the next couple of days, I started noticing myself doing kind of weird things, forgetful things, getting really feeling very foggy and not very out of it, almost like I was on a medication or something. And of course I hadn't taken anything. So I was like, this is not right. It doesn't feel right. So I went back to the clinic and they did send me to the emergency so I could see a doctor there. And they're like, yep, you represent, you're representing all the classic symptoms of a concussion. And they're like, yep, so you're going to be off work for a certain amount of time. And then you'll gradually be able to, you know, bring back things and continue with physio. They'll be able to help you with that. And and then unfortunately, the next day I got worse again. So they did a CT scan. It came back clear, thankfully. But then over the next basically year and a half, and actually to this day, I'm dealing with some minor post-concussion symptoms symptoms but I was basically for a solid year almost nauseous daily different types of headaches feeling foggy dizzy and a lot of cognitive issues as well so and I'm still dealing with some things when it comes to multitasking and reading things on the computer and words and things like that so yeah so it was um, a very kind of life-changing kind of stressful stressful too, right? yeah. yeah I mean lots going on I hadn't experienced this before I had a business to run and then you know a year and a half later I got pregnant <laughs> so all these little things kind of yeah came to play but definitely physio was a huge part of my recovery and having a physio that was um, specialized in vestibular to help me through that as well so yeah yeah I mean that's that's a lot to go through <laughs> my goodness um, and you know that's why we try to educate and that's why we're trying to reach out these to these kids now to to teach them about how to notice when you have one mm-hmm. um, and when you when you think hey uh, my body doesn't feel right I shouldn't go back on the ice if I'm playing hockey or I shouldn't go back to cheerleading and throw somebody up in the air if I just got kicked in the head yeah. um, because sometimes you can avoid that post-concussion syndrome is which is when those symptoms persist beyond three months and try to get to the point where maybe you're educating on how to manage your symptoms so they don't get exacerbated and finding those tasks that are comfortable to do. Obviously, it's easier for children than moms <laughs> to monitor their tasks and have less responsibilities um, <laughs> and more support. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're just trying to, to get to that point where we, we can educate them and sort of intervene sooner in these kids so that they're not missing tons of school and they're not mm. out of sports for so long. And so, you know, if we can teach them about concussion now and what to do and help them through the process of recovery, you know, everyone benefits. So 
children would have same type of syndrome as Heather was just sharing with us, right? Yeah, There's they Heather. absolutely could. Yeah, so hers um, definitely was more long-standing and and lasted for longer. But immediately after a concussion and within the first few days, all of those symptoms can be present. Yes. So it's not like right away usually. Right away, there'll be some symptoms. Um, a lot of the time, the symptoms can be worse right away. And then sometimes the symptoms can change and have a shift in terms of maybe there's less nauseousness later, but there might be more headaches and vision issues. Okay. So it's not a clear pattern. So every single concussion presents is, differently. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have yes. to, yeah. You have to and be based on where you get hit. If you get hit the back of your head, you're maybe affecting more um, areas of the back of your head, like your balancing systems. If you hit the front of your head, sometimes it can affect more of the areas where it's multitasking or motor planning and sort of uh, organizing things. So it's and different. That explains why it's the front mm-hmm. of the head. So, so different yeah. systems sort of get affected. And I mean, it's not cut and dry that no, that's what's going to no happen, but um, I have seen that presentation based on the uh, injury method. Mm-hmm. That would make sense too. Is there a side of the head uh, too? There'll be some vision issues, yeah. neck stuff, whiplash. Right. Yeah. Wow. So Julie, what are the most important things you want parents to know? Um, well, I'd say the big take home points from this podcast would be when there is an injury or a suspected injury, don't send the child back in to the same activity. We just want to avoid the second hit, the second impact syndrome, because that can be very dangerous and fatal even. There's brain swelling when the brain has already been traumatized earlier. Um, So there's that. And that physio can help. So, you know, you can come the day after the injury and get assessed by physio. And yes, you'll be symptomatic, but there's so much education we can give you personalized to you and your recovery um, so that your child can you know, try to get back into their life easier. It's not just rest in a dark room and then go back to everything normal. That does not work. Um, okay. We need more. Yeah. You can find Julie on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca, but Julie, where else our listeners can find you? Yeah, so if you go to uh, the Kids Physio Group website, so www.kidsphysio.ca, I'm on there as one of the physiotherapists. Um, or you can email me at julie at kidsphysio.ca. Um, I'm also on Instagram, physio underscore Julie, and on LinkedIn, Julie Paul. All right. Well, I think, Heather, it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game, not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask, sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right, ladies. Our question of the day. Would you travel into space if you could? I don't think so. I like Earth. Earth <laughs> is really good for me because I can go hiking and <laughs> keep my feet on the ground. <laughs> Maybe one day if I had to. Um, I don't think even if I really wanted to that I could because I get enough anxiety on an airplane. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so I don't think we'd want to see me on a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> Heather floating in a rocket ship, forget it, right? Don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I think I would because I'm a little bit adventurous and I think I would, let's say, like they tell me, Jan, you're the next astronaut. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'm doing this. But it's a bit nerve-wracking. 
Because Ooh. if something happened, like, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come back to us. Can't take the emergency exit. Yeah, no. there's, exactly. There's no emergency yeah, there's exit, no. right? And I think I maybe watched too many movies on, like, space. And, you know, they always, like, all of a sudden are not attached properly. And then they fly away. And it's like, like Sandra Bullock? Yes, That's, definitely. That movie was horrifying. I oh. was so scared. Oh, man. And then at the end, she's, there's all this part that is actually she's daydreaming instead yeah. of it's not really happening. So a little bit of a twist there. I know it's a spoiler. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lisa's been up for a while. We're not talking about gravity. Sorry. Don't yeah, worry. Exactly. No, That's not okay. at all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Julie. And thank My you, pleasure. Heather, for being here and for your contribution in other parents' lives, helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Don't forget to rate and review us. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.